You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, it must be some, okay, I think everybody here will be using your phones to take notes and things like that. It's kind of dark, isn't it? Um, I don't know how that works, but... We're amongst young people, so you guys have a way of figuring everything out. I want to really thank the church for inviting me. Can you bring down the volume of the keyboard? It's okay, you could play, but just bring it, yeah, kind of down. Um, every time I have to be part of this, I've been here before, and I've been, um, like she said, I'm a friend of the house, I'm in the house, you know, so I just keep having a great time. Um, in summer, we're still in there. Mother Church out here and on the mainland having a great time. Pastor Godman and the leaders in Elevation are leading what I call a city center revolution. It's amazing what is going on with the church. And we are all so privileged and so blessed to be a part of it. Um, there's no time, so I'm just going to go into what I have to discuss because we didn't envisage that there will be traffic on Todd mainland uh, coming here. There's some accident that kept everybody on one spot for a while. Apart from the fact that I took I have too much time to leave the hotel as well. I came here with some CDs. If you have time, check them out. They are very expensive. No apologies. Um, too Close, Too Far. This is about strangers. I recorded this CD in 2014. Um, unveiling the mask in what you thought you know. Um, you should check it out. Um, I'm sure it's going to help you. Charming, silent, and lethal. Protecting yourself against a green enemy. And here I was talking about envy, jealousy. There are people who don't know the difference between envy and jealousy. Um, envy is of God. You have to, I mean, jealousy is of God. You need to be jealous every time for what is rightfully yours. You know, if you have a wife who is not jealous, um, you should be worried. If you have a husband who is not jealous, you can hold the, you can hold the man anyhow and he doesn't care, you should be worried. You know, jealousy is of God. Jealousy is intense protection and promotion of what is rightfully yours. Envy is intense protection and promotion of what is not rightfully yours. But the Bible says God is jealous. It has to be right to be jealous then, since God is jealous. Said the Lord your God is a jealous God. So you got to know the difference. And there are four types of envy. And they work in different ways. I've documented them here. If you are ever going to be cheated in your lifetime, if you are ever going to be duped, robbed, taken for granted, abused, you have to be ignorant of the kind of things I've placed in these CDs. A stranger is not someone you are meeting for the first time. A stranger is anyone, anyone, dad, mom, husband, wife, anyone, colleague, roommate, siblings, anyone you cannot vouch for their personal integrity. It's a stranger to you. The Bible says, he that strikes in hand in pledge with a stranger is a fool. The Bible says, he that makes shorty for a stranger is a fool. So you need to know how strangers work. Interestingly, even though I recorded this in 2015, Malcolm Gladwell just released a book called Talking to Strangers. Um, so I guess there's something about strangers that you need to understand. So the book just came out. So go check it out um, to help you. City Center Revolution. This is about 
this is like three CDs and one deep, four CDs, three DVD, one DVDs and three CDs. Um, it's about dominion. Um, um, it's a conversation about dominion in ways you cannot imagine. Dominion is not a Christian right. When God gave man dominion, there was no Christian on earth, right? There were only human beings. You need to know how that works and how to bring it into your life. So find time to check it out. Um, at the end of the service, each of them will go for some very expensive amount, maybe 10,000 bucks or something. No apologies. If you can't afford it, your time will come. But that's just the way it works. Okay? God bless you. I want to thank the leaders here. Pastor Idris is not around. He spoke to me um, on Friday. I know he had to travel. Um, I want to thank everybody holding forth, the leaders, the workers in the house. God bless you all. I appreciate you. So, Jesus, this moment is yours. Use it to your glory. Don't challenge us at all. Change us, make us better, move us to a new level. Help us to see, to understand, to comprehend. Help us with precision in the spirit. Shifts unimaginable. Culture-shaping ideas that help us to be strong in society and help us to unlock humility and gratitude in the system. Help us to be strong in our places of work and in our business and in the marketplace. Bless us today. Take us to a new level. Move us from point A to point B, whatever those points are for everybody here today. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Open your Bibles very quickly to Genesis in chapter 2. Genesis in chapter 2. I'm reading verse 9 and verse 15. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. Amen. You are not going to die in Jesus' name. <laughs> Nobody said amen. Okay. Let's read. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22. The King James Version is the one I love. It says, Abstain from all appearance of evil. Abstain from all appearance of evil. One translation says, Flee every appearance of evil. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I know we've been having conversations about marriage and sex. And so today pretty much is about how to deal with that and to ensure that you have enough wisdom, clarity, and intelligence not to fall for the trappings of the devil as far as your moral excellence is concerned, as far as your, um, your holy presentation of your body on a daily basis to God and putting your body under subjection is concerned, right? That's easier said than done. 
you know that some of you are not even open some 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 scriptures. I mean, there are books in the Bible probably you've not even heard about. Just because you are um, 21st century people, a lot of millennials have not are still learning their rudiments of spending time in God's word and and warring and facing their lives with the integrity of scripture. So the other day I asked someone to turn to Zephaniah and he was turning to the New Testament and trying to find something there. There are books in the Bible you may never touch, you know, um, depending on how excited you are in your exploitation of the wisdom in God's word, right? Um, so, part of that is there's a lot going on in the system today that, um, and when I say system, I'll, I'll, I'll use another word which is culture and how culture works. And if you don't gain understanding and insight in a particular direction, you will make promises to yourself. You will pretty much break as many as you make. Now, you look around you, we are not the most spiritual people in the world. I am not the most spiritual person. But people more spiritual than you have fallen to um, the pangs and the weights of um, moral failures um, all over the world, not just in Nigeria. You've heard about pastors, you know, um, finding themselves in a compromising place with sex. Um, you found about leaders, politicians, businessmen, married men struggling to keep the decency of their homes. Most of these people are not those who sit down to say, look, in five years' time, when I marry, five years after, I will have a girlfriend, then somewhere in December of that year, I will sleep with one. Then by two years after, if possible, maybe when we get pregnant, I'll not tell her to abort. I mean, nobody is sitting down to articulate these things and say, this is how my life is going to go. People at times, in fact, most times, are so sure they are not going to go left. This is not going to happen to me. And then it happens to them in spite of their resolve. And if you are honest and true to yourself, one of the things you are going to learn very quickly in life is the truth that determination is not a strategy. And you can be so determined and be so foolish. People are foolishly determined, right? You know, that is a lot of momentum in the wrong direction. Now, determination is key to articulate value at any level, but determination must not be an independent variable. Otherwise, um, if you keep it and that's all you have, you will be determined, but you will crack regardless of your determination. Are we on the same page? Wisdom is the critical instrument that we need. That is the value, that is the tool that we need to keep in our lives at every point in time. There's no such thing as a marriage problem. There's no such thing as a financial problem. There's no such thing as um, financial stress or relationship stress. There's no such thing as a marital problem. There's only a wisdom problem every time. There's just a level of clarity that is missing in your articulation of value that keeps you weak in the face of contradiction, right? Nobody plans to be a fool, but people are fools. Foolishness is a, is a constant experience. Whether you like it or not, I've said it again and again. Somebody must be foolish for wisdom to continue to have value. Now, we don't know who will be foolish or who will be wise. 
but foolishness is pretty much an office. The choices of mortals will occupy that office. They are handsome fools. They are very pretty, you know, artificial air wearing empty minds. They are six foot tall, broad chested fools. You know, they are, you know, lucky living drifters. You know, you, you pretty much have foolishness in every um, strata of society and in every form of container. I've seen some arm robbers before, they robbed me. So uh, that's the day I lost respect for, 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 for handsomeness because any, any fool can be handsome. I mean, you don't need formal training to look good. You just need to be born, you know, on one side of life and that's it. And if your container meets the standards of society in articulating what is presentable or not, then you are called handsome or you are called ugly. You understand what I'm saying? But in God's presence, there's no such thing as somebody is ugly. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made. People who society say are beautiful like to look at themselves and say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Why? Because there's a set of statistics that they seem to have qualified for, right? They are six foot tall, their legs are straight. Those who have bow legs think they are not wonderfully made. Those who have K legs feel there's a problem with God in articulating their design. You know, so people worry about these things and you have all kinds of esteem issues and esteem gaps and inferiority complexes of all kinds. But the Bible says no scripture is for private interpretation. And every scripture in the, in the word of God is for every child of God. And it doesn't matter if the child is born this way, or the child is born this way, or the child is born this way. That scripture is for that child. So that child is fearfully and wonderfully made. It means that scripture is not about physical um, container. There's something about that scripture that has nothing to do with how you look. But it must be talking about the weight of your design in God, your, the weight of your thinking, the strength of your character, intangibles and invisible qualities that transcend the limits of container. Are we together? Are you sure? So, and, and on a daily basis, people are going to try to suggest to you that they know why you look the way you look. And a part of that suggestion is if they are men, you look this way so that I can put my hands under your blouse. You know, so that I can touch your body and I can hold you. And they're going to try on a daily basis to communicate that fact to you in different skills of communication. They're going to come with smooth words and um, the right um, investment of cash, of gifts. You know, they're going to move at the right time, tone of voice. There's so much instruments that guarantee that if you are not guarded, your emotions will be unlocked in the direction of that person. And the person is going to have you. He's going to put you on his bed. Or he's going to have you. Or she's going to have you. He's going to put you on her bed. Because women are having men these days. And men are having men. And men are having men. And women are having men. You know? Gender is fast becoming a non-consideration as far as the expression of sexual or sexuality is concerned. Right? But we are Christians and we are children of God. And we have to understand that God has an expectation for us. When somebody tells you you should not have sex before marriage, um, it's a very, if, if you have patience to let them articulate why you should not do that, it's an incredible proposition. It's just that when you are done hearing all of that, you are now going to decide if you want to live by all of that. Because the establishment and the culture does not care 
what you believe or don't believe. The world is like a marketplace. You can go to a marketplace with just 100 naira, but somebody is going to come and meet you and ask you to buy a wristwatch of 25,000 naira. He doesn't care if you have the money or you don't have the money. He has no way of knowing who has the money or who does not have the money. Everybody looks good in the market. So his only chance is trial and error. Take your product, talk to as many as you can. Hopefully you will meet 10 people. Two will have the money in their pocket. Eight will not have the money. It's okay. But the two that have can buy. So nobody's going to ask you, do you have 100 naira before I know what to sell to you? Are you in the market? Yes. Um, I have a product here, but before I can tell you what the product is, how much do you have in your pocket? 10,000 naira. Oh, no, I can't sell to you. No. If you have 1 million or you have 1 naira, somebody's going to come and present what they have. You have to know what you have and what you are willing to invest in, right? But what is on the table, you really cannot avoid. You really cannot uh, decide what will be offered to you. But what you will pay for with your purchasing power is what is most critical. Now, one of the most powerful ideas as far as um, youth culture is concerned today is the word that I just used, culture. Now, there's culture for every age. There's culture for every generation. But pop culture is one that you must understand. It governs your behavior. It governs your thinking. Everybody in this room, the way you are dressing, your mom never dressed this way, most likely. Your dad never dressed this way. Nobody in your lineage dressed this way until you, right? The hairstyle that you have, nobody in your lineage have that hairstyle. Your mom doesn't have it. Your dad doesn't have it. Your great-grandfather doesn't have it, right? The way you walk, you know, for the guys, hey, hey, hey. Nobody in your family worked like that. Nobody said, hey, you, man. Nobody did that. Nobody have your hairstyle. Nobody in my family ever has my hairstyle. You see? But there's some culture that pretty much tell all of us how to dress. Now, that culture does not have a textbook. It doesn't really see this. Right? It doesn't have a classroom where it says everybody in the world is how to dress. No. We just pick it up. Hollywood is the King Kong of that culture. And he's speaking to you. And he's telling you how to think. And somebody said, I'm, I've transcended the limits of such level of immoral influences. And I tell to him, is your socks or your shoe or your shirt part of the things that you choose? Those are things that you found people around you wearing and you are paying for, right? Now, if Hollywood can get you to dress in a particular way, don't for one minute think they cannot get you to use your private part in a particular way as well. It is... It, how much control you have ab ab on, ab on those things is something you have to be intentional about. Am I talking to you? Now, the goal of culture is self. Can I come down? Can I come down? The goal of culture, I hope I've not lost the cameras like that. The goal of culture is self. What culture wants to sell to you is you attention on yourself now the kingdom wants to focus you on the world religion wants to turn your back against the world and against yourself so you have three constituencies you have culture you have religion and then you have the kingdom the kingdom wants you to face the world and save it right religion wants you to turn your back on the world and judge it right culture wants you to face yourself and give yourself one thing, the freedom to do as you want, the freedom to choose as you want. God does not want you to be free to do anything. God actually wants you to be a slave, 
a slave of righteousness. The culture wants you to be a slave of sin, right? Um, and then religion wants you to be a slave of your ideas. Because religion is not God and religion is not faith. Religion is human attempt to capture faith. Religion is a human attempt to explain God. It is not God. Faith transcends the limits of religion and faith is kingdom, right? Now, the kingdom is thinking in a particular way. Religion is thinking in a particular way. Culture is thinking in a particular way. Now, as we go into the future and as we continue to lead a um, um, contemporary life, religion is getting weaker and weaker, if you notice, right? Culture is getting stronger and stronger. As a matter of fact, I can tell you for free that there's nothing in religion anymore that can survive the future. Religion has been packed up, not by faith, but by culture. Culture is the new kid on the block that is controlling and governing behavior. You see, until now, culture works in society. Culture works in the secular space. Environments where religious ideas have no social significance. That's secular. And in the past, that is the limits of culture. Religion works in the church. Religion works in the church to keep church people suboptimal, to keep church people, you know, uh, weak. And that's what religion is doing. But today, religion has been defeated by culture. Culture is eating religion for breakfast on a daily basis, right? And we now have churches where pastors are get, um, joining a man and a man in marriage, right? That's the failure of religion, um, uh, where pastors are joining women and women, the failure of religion. So what is happening is uh, that struggle is going on. Culture has taken over religion in the church. So you now have culture right in the midst of the church. And culture promises only one thing, the enthronement of yourself, the enthronement of yourself. And the experience of that self is freedom unguarded, freedom unguarded. The kingdom says, I don't want you to have freedom unguarded. You need to guard your freedom because freedom without rules is a vice. You see, the highest level of freedom is psychosis. When you are very free, when you are totally free, you are naked on the streets, just walking away. Have you seen people naked on the street before? Who eat from the dustbin? Are you all here? That's English, oh. Are you all here? Awesome. Have you seen people naked on the street before? Have you seen people just walking on the street eating from the dustbin? Those are free people. You know, they are very free. There's no searching of their understanding. They are so free that they do what they want. There's no limit to what they want. Now, that is the highest level of freedom. It's called psychosis. When you are very free, you are naked on the street, doing what you will. There's no searching of your understanding. It means freedom must be subjected to reasoning. And reasoning must be guided by truth. Once you have freedom without rules, you are pretty much insane. Right? That means that you can call your own shot. You can do anything. You can take rice through your nose if you want. You can take, you know, a mango, cut it and put this juice in your ears and say, why are you doing that? That's what I feel like doing, you know. And then you can wake up in the morning and say, what do I feel like eating today? Give me sand. Boil sand for me. Let me eat sand. I'm free. Freedom is a human right as much as all the indices inside it. Foolishness is a human right. Stupidity is a human right. 
You have a right to be stupid. In fact, crime is a human right. You have a right to commit crime. It's just that you be ready for the consequences. Are we together? Well, you are free to commit it, but you are not free to go away, get away with it. So once you commit the crime, the law will tell you you are free to do that, but we are also free to arrest you. Arrest is also the right of authorities. Are we on the same page? So you have to come to a place where you know that you are living in a world that is governed by rules, systems, structures. And how do you function with that? If you ignore all of that, there's a limit to how you can pretty much govern your behavior. Now stay with me. When you see that, you then say, so what is the tool? How does culture work? Culture works through only one instrument, entertainment. Entertainment works only through one instrument, two maybe, phone and TV, right? Phones and TV. And right there is called subliminal messages are being sent to you and people are using auto-suggestion to control your choices, to control your behavior, your thinking, to control how you carry yourself, to control how you conduct your affairs. The goal is pretty much um, um, to get you to approve things you don't really agree with without your consent. So you can actually approve something that you are not in agreement with, but you are not aware of the offering. It didn't come in the packaging that you are used to. It came in a different shell that from the one you are used to. And so you will approve it without your consent. Meanwhile, a day will come when your eyes will be opened and you'll see that all these years, for so long, you've been in alignment with something you don't agree with. Those things don't come from the front. They come from the back, right? And uh, in the Garden of Eden, you find, okay, before I go to that, when I say entertainment, please understand that it's not just music. It's not just movies. It's all of that, plus even sports, plus even fashion. Those things that give you those type of feelings and unlock your sense of excitement and give you a false sense of fulfillment, right? Because whatever is going to reward you um, destiny-wise has to come inside out, not outside in. Jesus said, a, a good man, out of the abundance, out of his good treasure, brings out good things. The Bible also says, an evil man, out of the abundance of the evil of his heart, brings out evil things. So life, pretty much, is inside out. Out of the heart proceed the issues of life. The Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So there's no slip of tongue. There's nothing like slip of tongue. Oh, how did I say that? How can, that, how can I say that? You know, you say what you want to say. You may not know when you said it, but you said what you want to say. The things you say are a representation, basically, of the content of your heart. You don't just say stuff. Things don't just come out of your heart. The mouth speaks from the abundance of your heart. That's why the Bible says, don't worry about what your mouth is going to say. Just focus on the content of your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of that heart proceed the issues of life. So by the time we look at the issues of your life, how sound they are, how weighty they are, how credible they are, how amazing they are, how wise they are, or how foolish they are, how immoral they are, or how, you know, um, um, useless they are, whatever it is, how foolish they are, how stupid they are, or how awesome they are, simply much will reveal the quality of your life or the content of your heart, right? Anything you are saying to people are, are the things that are probably spontaneous for you to say. But to the wise, they know that you don't say nada without the approval of your heart. 
Your heart is the storage that pretty much guides what you say. If you tell me now that I like your wife, I think I'll honestly, if I'm not married, ah, I would like to, I, I know straight that there's something you are that is lost after my wife. But you're not even talking about her intelligence. You're talking about her sexuality. From that day, I'm going to mark you down, erect a protocol around you, and begin to watch you because you are a potential distraction. Right? You may say I'm just joking. The Bible says like a madman that throws arrows and firebrand, so is he that deceives his neighbor and say, was I not joking? Like a madman that throws arrows and firebrands, so is he that deceives his neighbor and say, was I not joking? You will say, was I not joking? Because to you it was a joke, but to the wise, you are speaking essentially the content of your heart. All of this means that your actions are not supposed to be shocking. You're supposed to anticipate them. If you have the patience and the inner truth to live with the content of your heart, you can predict all your behavior. There's nothing you are doing that can shock God. It can shock you in your self-denial, but it really cannot shock God. That is why he's able to make all things work together for your good. A glimpse into your heart reveals your today action and your tomorrow possibilities. It's as simple as that. You will not act beyond the contents of your heart. When you say things like, how can I do that? Hey, oh me, I can't even believe it. How did I do that? No, you don't do what you cannot do. What you can do is what you do. Anything you do is what you can do. Anything you say at any time is what you can say. Those who cannot do it, don't do it. Those who can do it are those who do it. A blind person cannot mistakenly see. And say, how did I see? No, you are blind, you are not going to see. Those who see are those who have eyes to see. Those who cannot see, cannot see. Are you on the same page? You can't be there for five minutes and hear in another two minutes. I said, what's happening? I, I didn't even know I heard it. No. You heard it because you can hear. Are you always here? Am I talking to you? Because if you fail in the days of adversity, your strength is little. What is going on is not outside of you. It's you. Have you heard people say things like, you made me slap you? You know, men have used that narrative for years. You know, I don't like the, when, you, when you talk like that. That's what annoys me. You know, I love you. I don't want to slap you, but when you say these things, when you say them, that's when I slap you. I don't like raising my voice. I don't like raising my voice. If I hate it, don't provoke me. You see, when you say these type of things, that's when I raise my voice. In other words, if you can stop saying these things, if you can stop doing these things, then I will not be able to do this. In other words, my wretchedness is pretty much not my responsibility, but a result of your own incursions. The actions you take determine the direction of my nuisance and my foolishness. I'm not really responsible. That, if that is true, that you should be going to jail. Because when somebody is going to jail, you arrest one person. But if you go to the nitty-gritty of that human life, there are so many actors and stakeholders in his experience of jail. His mom is probably there. His parents who were drinking and misbehaving were probably there. There are so many people who will go to jail with him or who should go to jail with him. But the law does not think like that. It's not those who contributed that are arrested. It's the principal actor that instituted the action that will be arrested. You understand what I'm trying to say? So if you step on cockroach, can blood come out? Come on, let's talk. If you step on cockroach, can blood come out? Why can't blood come out? Because it doesn't have blood. In other words, when you put pressure on the thing, the content of the thing is revealed. Are we together? If you step on cockroach, milk cannot come out. Blood cannot come out. If you squeeze a car, what's going to come out? Milk? Chocolate? What's going to come out? If you see blood, there's a human being in it. 
Once you squeeze a car, three things will come out, essentially. Water, fuel, oil, metal. Are we together? That's what that will come out. When you put pressure on a thing, the content of the thing will, will be revealed. Now, when your wife says nasty things to you, or your husband uses a word you don't like, and you got angry and slapped her, or raised your voice, you will fool yourself that it's what you say that made me raise my voice or got me angry. But we know that's not true. The reason why you slap your wife is because you are a slapper. There are things in you that has trained you to, a, to become a slapper and when provoked to a level, you are going to slap. Listen to this. You don't become a thief because you stole. You steal because you are a thief. Now I'll say it again. You don't become a thief because you stole. You steal because you are a thief such that if you don't ever have the misfortune of stealing in your lifetime, it doesn't make you less a thief if you are a thief, whatever made you a thief. Now, you are not born a thief, but somewhere, nobody is self-made. We are all products of influences. You have learned how to, the propensity to steal has been inside of you in that you are a thief in your human state. Foolishness is not an insult. It's a state of existence. It means fundamentally there is a set of behavior that conforms to a definition. As you cannot call a carpenter a surgeon, you can't call a musician a poet, so you cannot call a foolish person a wise person, or a wise person a foolish person. That's why Apostle Paul did not say, oh, oh wise Galatians, confess positive. Oh, wise Galatians. What did he say? Oh, foolish Galatians. Why? These guys were acting in a way consistent with the meaning of foolishness. You can't call a wise person a foolish person, or call a foolish person a wise person. Am I talking to you? So when you slap your wife or you kick somebody with a blow, you are a blower. You are a puncher. You are good in throwing blows. Whatever made you like that is subject to history. That's a symposium discussion. But what is clear now is that the, summation, the action you take is a revelation of the contents of your heart. You have perfected a terrible thing that you are not aware of. It's called programs. Are we here? I'm going to say, please stay with me. If your wife says what you don't like or your friend says what you don't like, you can slap her because of what she said. Somebody who doesn't know how to slap will pick his jacket and go for a walk. Not because he's nice. It's simply that he doesn't know how to slap. What it takes to slap is not in him. So he will go for a walk. You slap because what it takes to slap is in you. Resident, you are feeding you on a daily basis with chicken and juice and making it cool. Are we together? Have you heard stuff like when he got into government, he changed. Have you heard it before? Ah, you know, he was a civil rights activist. He used to criticize the government. But man, government changed him. Have you heard it before? You know, have you heard, when, you know, my, my, my wife just changed when, when we got married. Have you heard this like, my husband just changed when we get married. Have you heard it before? People don't change, they get revealed. You get me? They get revealed. Now this is it, stay with me, stay with me. You see, when the guy got into government, government is a pressurized environment. I've told you, when you put pressure on a thing, the content of the thing is revealed. Until he got into government, he was a social critic. He was a civil rights activist. He writes all the articles against the government. He speaks against the government. He speaks against corruption. Now he is in government. The pressure of government has come upon him. He doesn't want to steal. He doesn't want to behave, to misbehave, but he is misbehaving. What you don't know is that the guy is meeting himself for the first time. The pressure in government introduced the guy to the guy, introduced the guy to us, both us and the guy are meeting the guy for the first time. 
Even the guy is missing himself for the first time. Are you here? Even the gentleman is missing himself for the first time. Your husband thought he knew himself. Your wife may think he needs himself. Your girlfriend that you are dating may think she knows herself. You may think you know yourself. But in the face of pressure, who you really are is going to come out. You will never, there's nothing like, why are you a prostitute? Uh, because my parents are poor. No! If that's the reason that all poor kids from poor homes should be prostitutes. If I am from a poor home and I became a lawyer, and you became a doctor, you became a prostitute, you made choices. Are you here? Are you sure? So the first thing is you need to own the reason and the source of your conduct. There are things you are prepped, prepped for by the contents of your history. You are prepped for those things. And those things have a right to appear in your public life without your consent. Except you have uncovered them and dealt with them. So when the Bible says flee the appearance of evil, it didn't ask you to flee evil. Fleeing evil, you have missed the point. And if you are trying to flee evil, you are going to get it wrong. It's like you, you, you want to flee the sin instead of worrying about the temptation. That sounds like common sense, isn't it? If you think of the temptation, you are going to sin. What you really need to worry about is the opportunity for the temptation. If this boy now feels you are tempted, hmm, this my sister is tempted, you want to touch her sexually. You're having an erection now, you are feeling really hard. I need to touch her. You can't touch her here. Now, are you tempted? Yes. But you have no opportunity to fulfill the temptation. Your temptation is useless. In this room, because we are not going to watch you here. You grab her and say, don't worry, I'm tempted. It's temptation, I'm tempted. I'm just kissing her because I'm tempted. We are going to bind you physically. We won't even pray about it. There's no temptation that can make you grab a lady here. You know it. As the devil is telling you, you and the devil know that. Stop it. Because you know that this, this is not a strategy. This cannot work. And I tell people, if the devil has control over you like you like to think, he should be able to make you do it anywhere since he's the one doing it. Right? You should grab the girl now. And when you grab, she says, ah, why are you grabbing? I say, you know I can't control myself. It's the devil. It's the devil. And then you are kissing her right in front of us. I trust these boys here. Now, if you are trying to do that, these boys, they will let you do it. They will, there's no, even you, you, it's impossible to imagine. Somebody said, when I get home, I left home at 4 a.m. I got back home at 1 a.m. I'm so tired. I cannot do anything. I'm so weak. In fact, somebody has to help me press the remote. Somebody should help me go to the toilet, if possible. Somebody can help me cough. In fact, if you can do it, can somebody help me sleep? I mean, I'm so tired, I can't do anything. My, my, I can see tiredness dripping on my body. I, I can't even move. Wow. All of a sudden, two gunshots by the window. <laughs> or one snake just crossing. Would you sit down there and say, ah, so this is the end of my life. Snake, you are now coming when I'm so tired. I can't even do anything. This way you are now coming, this thing. Ah, they are now shooting on the day like this when I'm tired. Oh, oh, oh. What kind of lie is this? What kind of lie is this? This lie. Is that what you are going to do? What is he going to do? He's going to bail. Now listen, when he bails, when somebody comes to her and say, take energy, run, since you are tired. No, the energy has been inside her dormant. She needs a contrary situation to compel her to place a demand on an internal dormant energy. 
right? You can fool yourself all you want as to your weakness. In practical times, you are not weak. You are making choices and running a script. Somebody said, I can't deal with anything in sketch. If I see any lady is scared, I'm going to jump on her. It's just me. I mean, I, I wish that's not me. It's just my weakness. I said, no, that's not true. I wish that with your mom. He said, no. I wish that with your sister. No. That 66-year-old pepper cell in front of your house. I wish that with her. All of them are wearing skirts. You should have seen, you, know, you see your mom. You say, mommy, mommy, run, run, run. I can't control myself. Anything on that skirt, you know, that's just me. My sister, run, tire, run, run. I'm going to jump on you, Janet. I'm going to jump. You know, I can't control myself. Then a 70 year old pepper seller, you see, I say, ah, Mama, run, run. You know, I can't control myself. I can't, I'm going to jump on you, Mama. Hello? Those are the moments where you realize you are in charge. You are making choices and running a script. Because you can't leave your mom in your house, leave your sister, they are all unscathed and go to four houses away to go and block a girl and begin to lyric her there. You are not weak. You are running a script. You are a manager of a movie. You are the director. You are the producer. Come on now. And you are going to win Oscar on this movie. Because you will achieve your goal. Because you are designing an end. You, you are declaring an end from the beginning. You get me? Because you know where you are going. The script is a necessary instrument to create the real movie. And the script is set in your mind. Somebody said, once I start kissing, I can't stop. Just don't make me start. Once I can't, once I start kissing, I'm petting, I'm necking. Oh, that's the end. I can't stop. I'm going to go all the way. That's just my weakness. What I do is to make sure I don't start. So I trust God not to start. Because once I start, I can't stop. Once I start kissing the girl, hold me, touch me, come, come, what is it? Come. The girl said, okay, yeah, yeah, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. Say, what do you want to tell me? No, you know I can't stop. What do you want to tell me? Say, take it easy. I want to tell you something. What? what? Wait, wait. I can't wait. You know I can't stop. I make sure you positive. <laughs> you say, what did you say? I make sure you positive. Because if you are really weak and you can't stop, you should say, ah, and you are just telling me now, ah, you have killed me. You know I can't stop. You know I'm going to continue all the way. Ah, yeah, yeah. You should have told me we start dead. Oh, my God. You know I'm, oh, you have messed me up. Is that what you should say? But what is he going to say? Say, what, what did you just say? First of all, his entire body will regulate in less than two seconds. Say, um, please, uh, what did you say now? You know, if it's really out of control, if that's the time you should see the devil. If 200 million demons appear at that time and they say, we control you, continue. He will say, you are mad. Are you, you hear what he's saying? Are you guys all right? Uh -uh. What is this nonsense? Because I'm saying I'm weak all these years. You think, you think I'm really weak? <laughs> I'm not weak anything. What do you mean? Come on now, somebody clap for the Lord. Give the Lord a clap for free. Rejoice. What does that tell you? You are in charge. You are in charge. You just like to give yourself a therapy of helplessness that gives you permission to misbehave in the moment because you have to convince yourself that you are incapable of managing the moment so that you can have the moment. So your helplessness is therapeutic. That is what you use to hide from yourself and hide from God. 
In practical terms, you are not that weak. <laughs> in science, we call it adrenaline. It will rise in the direction of your most pressing preference. It will go there. You deliberately tame it in a direction. And you pretend that you cannot do anything. Helplessness is the state of the mind. Powerlessness is the state of the mind. Come on, am I talking to you? And when the Bible says flee every appearance of evil, it's saying don't worry about the evil. My appearance right now is a combination of so many things, including my shadow. When I stand in front of you, even if I'm trying to make a corner, my shadow can appear in a corner before you see me fool me. Am I correct? The Bible is saying, flee all appearance of evil. It's saying, don't wait till you see me. Even when you see my shadow, flee that shadow. Because if you flee that shadow, you will not need to flee me. Before I get there, you will have gone. So what you need to look for is don't look for me, just target my shadow. Because my shadow is always ahead of me. So when you see the shadow, take off. So that by the time I appear, you are not there. But that's not what we do. We wait for him. You want to rescue him. You know what it said in the book of Job? In the book of Job, the Bible says, the lion perished for lack of prey. The lion will perish for lack of prey. It means there are two ways to kill a lion. You can kill a lion by wrestling the lion physically. That's too risky. That's too much investment. Do you understand? Because the lion can kill you, you can kill the lion. It can go either way. It's not even 50-50. It's about 90-10. Really. It can go either way, 90-10. 90 that the lion will kill you, 10 that you will survive. And even if you survive, your leg will not be there again. Your eyes may be gone. Your ears may be torn off. So it's too much investment just to kill a lion. There is a, a cheaper way to kill the lion. Because all lions are hungry and they need to eat. So what do you need to do? Take away all that he can eat, starve the lion, and he will die like all living things. The lion perish for lack of prey. Are you here? That's the book of Job. The lion, as big as he is, he will perish if he has nothing to eat. So don't try to wrestle the lion by trying to speak in tongues when you are tempted. That's too much investment. You don't need all of that. Speaking in tongues, prayer of agreement, they are not to battle sex. Hello? They don't work. Hello? Praise God. If you are going to use speaking in tongues, confession of scripture, anointing oil, uh, 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 you, use it before the temptation comes. On the day of temptation, you don't say, lib, lab, this is what, lib, lib. Mm. You will start speaking in tongues, actually. La brusaka, la, la, bru, la, la, labor. That's it. You get me. Flee every appearance of evil. Am I talking to you? Every appearance of evil. And so if you are going to deal with sex, I don't have time. I wanted to teach something about the absence of evil. Because a lot of times, we fight evil. The Bible does not want you to fight evil because the construct of what evil is, is a symposium discussion. It needs to be understood. A lot of what you call evil is not the most lethal. What you are calling evil is a type of evil, yes, but it's popular evil. There is unpopular evil that is more lethal than what you call evil. I don't have the time to break all of that down. But you see, in the Garden of Eden, the Bible said, I give you the tree of life, eat of it. Then there is a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of it. Most people read that scripture like it is the tree of the knowledge of evil. But it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and you're not supposed to eat it. 
It means God wants you to know life on the tree of life. He doesn't want you to know evil. He doesn't want you to know good. Oh, come on now. Am I causing trouble for you? Did we, did we read it? You see my word? Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. Good is not necessarily God. All that is God is good. But a lot of what is good is not God. And when you are looking for God in what is bad and what is worse and what is evil as you define it, you will miss the real evil because the real evil can come as good. Come on now. And you have to grow up to know that evil doesn't need to come with swords. Evil can come with pancake and, and, and juice and chicken and burgers and shawamas. Evil can come in the best package. Evil can come as good. So in the order of waste and perversion, you have bad, you have worse, then you have, um, you have evil, then you have the absence of evil, which is good. Then you have God. But before that, all we think of is bad, worse, evil, God. And so when good is up, when evil is operating as good, we can't discern it. There are so many things you don't pray for in this country. So many people pray about armed robbers, but they don't pray about SARS. And SARS at a level is more complex than armed robbers. Because at least armed robbers, you are helpless in the face of the truth. There is a there's no deception. And there's no shock when they come. When they come, you know it's armed robbers. But when I'm robbed, when assas come, they come as good. And you will surrender yourself because you have made the police force. Then all of a sudden, they surprise you. And give you the direct opposite of what you thought police was. So we don't pray. In our prayer point as Christians, there are so many things we don't pray about. We pray about arm robbers. What is the new sense value of an arm robber? An arm robber gets into a bank. How much damage can it do? The damage value of an arm robber in a bank is about 30 million naira cash. Worst case, 50 million in a branch of a bank in Nigeria. Then, it will kill like two people, maybe three. And then, two of them will be really poor. One will have the middle class something because the rich people don't go to the bank. They run their banking operations for them. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what does that mean? By the time you want to compensate that value, that loss, and then you say, we'll give 50 million back. Then, who are the people that were killed? Each of them, we'll give them 20, 20 million. They don't even need that much. The people that have been killed in this country, mistakenly, they said to be 500,000, and they were very glad. Because they've never seen me before. By the time they even say, we'll give you 10 million. <laughs> they, even, they won't say, ah, thank God he died, though. <laughs> ah, thank God. God knows what he's doing. People will almost rejoice that the man died. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the blindness from their economics has shifted their conscience. And they cannot find balance deep in their solical content. So the reward can compensate for the human loss, regardless of who he is. If someone is, ah, there are people that can kill them. People commit suicide for free. People kill themselves and nobody pay them. If you tell somebody that I will pay you 20 million, you can kill yourself. I say, ah, if you can transfer me to my family now, I'll just kill myself because people have killed themselves for free. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So all of a sudden, that becomes another factor of production. 
But the idea is, when you are praying, you don't pray about some, you just, they don't just come on your list. Meanwhile, the guy who is robbing, so if I'm going to recompense you for the loss of the armed robber, visit. We can pay you 150 million, and we've, we've done a lot. Am I correct? Go to the bank and to those who were, de- who were dead. We've done a lot of repair. But there's a guy in an office somewhere in the government office who is going to move 60 billion. You see, when he moves that money, it's not just that the money is moving. He's moving the money of maybe 255 roads that will not be fixed. And then 6,000 people are going to die on that road. The damage value, his nuisance value cannot be measured by figures that he moved. Because he's robbing from all of us together. I will fear that man than I fear an arm robber. Because the damage value of that man is worse than that of an arm robber. But you don't pray about that man. That man walks the street because he's your uncle. He's your friend's brother. So it's okay. We just live with it. We hate what he's doing, but we pray that he's not the one doing it. <laughs> but he's the one doing it. It's your dad. He's doing it. It's your cousin. He's doing it. Am I talking to you? That is unpopular evil. We pray against air crash in Nigeria, 2005. 2005, 2006, about three aircraft dropped. Local flights. How many people are in a local flight in Nigeria? Time is up. How many people are in a local flight in Nigeria? Maybe 150 tops. Am I correct? Three air accidents. How many people have died? 450. And then we have committees. We put the flag down. We did National Day of Mourning. And then we trust investigation. And then there's a committee. I've served on one before that I resigned in two days. You know, and then we're all there. Guess what? That's a big thing. Three aircrafts have dropped. But take a deeper look. Malaria alone kills how many people every month? From childbirth complications, Nigeria will lose about 300 million women every month. That's how many plane crashes. That's how many? That's two. Two per month. At the end of the 12 months, you will have had how many? 24 plane accidents. But nobody prays about that. Nobody's forming a committee on that. Nobody's trying to heal anybody on that. There's no group meeting on that. There's no national day of mourning on that. There's no flag coming down on that. Why? Because when people die in hospital, it's the parents and the mothers of the poor. The reason why everybody comes around aircraft is because it's the middle class and the upper class who are dying. So there's budget for it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you want to think of that evil, you will never articulate that evil because it's an unpopular evil, yet more lethal. I've been talking to you. So I'm trying to say, shift your mind from where you think the devil is. The devil is not operating maximum where you think he's operating. He comes in the good things, with the good people, with the right words. And then you start dating. And who are you dating? The head of the choir. Who leads prayer meeting every Tuesday. Like this, that, this, that, 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 that's it. There's no evil in her. And then you, man of God, a woman of God, and you've kept yourself for about three years, nobody here. Man, I'm holy, man, unto the Lord. I'm going to marry on a, on a touch. I'm going to marry clean. And the wife has said, the girl has promised, the guy has promised. Then both of them met, and then they start dating. All the boys who are obviously trying to date them all these years have failed. Then two good people come together without boundaries. And what is going to happen? They are going to begin to sleep with each other. They will start with one kiss in one day and repent. Then two. Then touch. Then one day you touch the skin. For real. Look, 
the, once you touch it, a virus that's, that keeps <laughs> a reproducible virus, it's a loop. From that day, you enter a loop, you keep coming back. Because you now know what it is. See, from something as simple as hug, come, come, sir. You hug someone, why you hug this brother now? You know it's bone to bone. There's nothing here. You are not feeling, there's no, it's, bone, it's man to man. We can hug for forever. We can say, man, brother. We can hug. But when you hug again, you know this thing is not bone to bone. This is bone to a soft material. There is some silicone here that I'm feeling here. This thing, this hog is a therapy for most young people. Since you cannot have said this, where we tap the current for now. Until the perfect day, until the perfect day. Let me tap in it here. Let me tap in it here. Some people, you hog to death. Oh! Some of them are receiving a null vibe to go and smoosh in the night. Hello? Should I stop now? No, I'm going to. Listen. Listen to how it works. Listen to how it works. As you are hugging that, that person, I said to you, sorry. As you are hugging right there, you are hugging more than you see. There's so much going on, it's called chemistry. Right? And if you are not, if you pretend that it's not so, you're going to be beaten. And you have to be honest with yourself. Because as you are hugging that stuff, the private part of a woman and the private part of a man are partners in assignment. It doesn't matter if they know each other. The design of a man's private part is to connect with the design of a woman's private part. It's science of procreation. You can't deny that. That's why erection is not a sin. Hello? Are you here? Should I stop? I'm too dirty. I'm too raw. Erection is not a sin. Listen. Listen. Stay with me. Stay with me. When you have erection, it is an invitation from the pits of hell for you to go in a direction. Now, it's your job to hold your erection and go in another direction. If you are listening. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying? The Bible says, walk in the spirit. You will not fulfill the desire of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5. When you have erection, that is the desire of the flesh. It's not the, the sin. The devil does not want to have erection. Trust me, that's not the goal. Erection is a means to an end. It's not the end. So if everybody in this room has erection, the devil is not happy yet. It's only happy when you act on the erection and take it to the, 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 the opposite sex. You get what I'm saying? You know, erection is not a part of production. You go to a bank, gamble, telling them, I've been having erections since 16. My penis is very long. Can I have $2,000? They're going to jail you if you don't move out of there. So it's not an asset that you judge the quality of your life by. The quality of your life is measured by the strength of your thinking and the strength of your character, essentially. However, all men will have erection. Now, when you have erection, it is the earliest announcement that something is about to happen. Now, what do you not do with that? You walk in the spirit. What is the spirit? Flee. The appearance of not pray about the appearance, not confess about the appearance, not, not maneuver. No, no, no. What you do is just to say, I'm gone. And you go. If you don't go, you are, people are sincerely in prison. People are sincerely poor. People are sincerely raped. 
People are sincerely frustrated. It is sincerely with a pure heart that you have that sex there. You'll be having the sex like this and you know you are sincere. Because you didn't plan it. That's the day you realize that sincerity is not a fact. It's not an independent variable. If all you are doing in this life is to be sincere, you are going to be treated and used a lot. You have to add a sense of responsibility, a sense of mission, a sense of clarity, a sense of purpose to your sincerity. Otherwise, your sincerity, though good, we have a nuisance value. Have you heard me? So as we close this, what are the principles? How do they work? There's a lot of time gone, but I will just focus on three. There are about eight things I would have loved to share with you that will really help you. And I'll focus on three so that we can close it. The first one is questionable privacies. You want to live a life of purity because you trust the girl you are dating. She's a good girl. I'm not even talking about the girl in the club. I don't want to believe that's our struggle here. But just in case it is, this principle still works. But even in the church where the other lady that you are dealing with is actually um, born again. But if you ignore the principles, you are still going to be stressed. You are still going to be stressed. So essentially, how does that work? The first thing you deal with is what is called inflaming the appearance of evil, questionable privacy. Questionable privacy. Sin needs sexual sin cannot happen in a public place. Sexual sin happens in a privacy. Don't worry about the sin. Worry about the opportunity. The opportunity for the fulfillment of the sin, of sexual sin, sorry, is privacy. So fight the privacy. In my home, our rule is I must not be alone with somebody of the opposite sex, no matter what we are doing. I cannot be alone with somebody of the opposite sex in an environment that cannot be interrupted by a third party at their, at their will. Where they don't need to knock to, to come into that privacy. They don't need my permission to come into it. Because for you to ever have sexual intercourse with a woman, if you are a normal person, and both of you are normal, you will need a privacy. You will need to be in an enclosure that cannot be interrupted by a third party at will. In that to interrupt you, they must knock first. Now, if you don't culture yourself to not be with the opposite sex in an environment that cannot be inter interrupted at the will of the person interrupting you, you are susceptible to this error. So what you want to deal with in your life is questionable privacy. You make up your mind, even if you are dating. Once we are married, we suspend that rule for ourselves. We open up the rule for every other woman out there and for every other guy out there. You will never commit anything, no matter how tempted you are. Once you deal with the privacy, you have dealt with this thing. Now, you may not understand what I'm saying and how tough it can be, but when you get to the marketplace and you work in an office and you do business, and you live with people who don't even know God at all, who, will not, who don't have the decency to wait for your proposal, but they will initiate something against you. It's called seduction. And they are doing it with a very honest heart. They actually feel something for you, and it's there. And it's real. And they are going to act on it. A woman of God in church may still be saying, ah, I feel it, but ah, I'm spirit. It's okay, because that is the desire of the flesh. But in the world, they don't care. If you is going to just come and touch you, you just come and put a lamb on your back. Come. I've seen someone, you are just going on your own, talking to this guy about the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. You are discussing it. The lady just walked past and does this to you. 
your head can just go, just the kilo of hair has come, has come to me. You see? They are coming for you. They are not going to stop. Now, that you may not be able to control. But what you can control is the fulfillment of that. And that comes from you focusing on questionable privacy. That's the science. Avoid questionable privacy. Make a rule around. Hold yourself accountable to questionable privacy. Let your friends that you trust be hold you accountable to that privacy. Let your girlfriend hold you accountable to it. Let your wife hold you accountable to it. You hold yourself accountable. Let your wife hold herself accountable to you. And vice versa. If you surround yourself with people who have a peep into your life at almost 99.9% of the time as friends, as family members, as spouse or as husband or whatever that is, as colleague or business partner or as neighbors or community leads or whatever it is, make yourself accountable at that level. Adultery in my home is not when you sleep with a woman. That's not adultery. Adultery is when you find yourself in a privacy that cannot be interrupted by the, op- by the third party at will. That is adultery. Even if you have 300 Bibles there. Because the day the devil is going to get you, that's all he's going to do. He's going to get into that privacy. Into privacy. So if you learn to avoid that privacy and keep it in check, you are pretty much free. You will be tempted. Yes, you can't control that. That's like you cannot control birds hovering over your head. But you can control them, stop them from perching on your head. What you feel is birds hovering. Them perching on your head and standing there and doing all their stuff there is what you can stop. So you can't stop the feeling, but you can control the action. So stop worrying about the feeling. Focus on the action. Questionable privacy. Questionable privacy. Then questionable touches. Questionable touches. You just can't be touching people. What I, what I really believe is this. You want to hug somebody? Hmm? And the person is not your wife? This is your hug. Hey, hi. You see? Once you are come, you can be coming straight. But an inch away, you go side. This are, hey, hi, how you doing? Come. That's it. Then count up to two. One, two. That's it. <laughs> so how are you? That's it. You don't do, hey, hi. Hi. You are going high like that. Hi, hi, hi to the hi out of into the jungle, right? Now, some people, particularly in school those days, you've not seen each other for one month. You're on holiday for first semester. You go back to school. Everybody's seen each other for the first time. And then you see each other come again. And you've not seen each other for one month. After first semester, we resume for second semester. Lola and James. Hey, hi! Okay. Maybe that's understandable. You've missed each other so much that you are not coming together for the first time. So, uh, because what is hugging? What is, let's take this. Before people, let's also, uh, before they say, so what is hugging? Hugging is deep exchange of pleasantry. Am I correct? Because you can also say, I, you can also say that. But there's a level of closeness, right? That you know that if you do this to me, you are, ah, come on now, come on. Some people will use that, ah, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> you know. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Come, come. You are not done. So by the time you do that, by the time you do that, so it's okay in the morning for the first time after one month of seeing each other, in the morning that we saw, hey, hi. Maybe, okay, two hours later, 
<laughs> Afternoon. <laughs> Evening again. <laughs> wait, wait. You can't be missing me like this permanently. You have missed me for one month. We've given you the money. Well, every, every time. That's a tape. That's a CD. That's a song. That's a script. That's a lyric. That's a plan. That's a strategy. We'll achieve the goal. The goal is not to get me, maybe. The goal is just to make you comfortable so that you can get to the evening in your bathroom and go and wank there. This password should just drop the mic. Password, just drop Just go. We are tired. Okay, I need to go. But this is it. Some of those things prep you up for masturbation as well. They give you the necessary buttons you need to heat up. And by the time you are alone, you enter your bathroom, you just start another drama there. You get what I'm trying to say? So once you see each other, one more time. Once you see each other, oh, hi. Praise God. And then once you do that, you don't need to say praise God, though. Then in your mind, just count one to two. One, two. <laughs> so, man, man, you, ah, yeah, yeah. And then you go. Girls, wake up. Boys are tapping stuff from you. Taking more than you are willing to give. Stop pretending, just don't be naive. Hey, hey, hey. Enjoy everything. Some of you are really endowed. You really think you can pull all of that on a guy and he doesn't feel anything? Come on, he's feeling something. He's just pretending to be cool. He's on fire right there. You think you are still Sister Lala? You're not Sister Lala again. You're not Sister Lala again. All right? Have I helped you? Questionable touches. There are places no woman can touch me. Only my wife can do that. And there are places I cannot touch a woman. I can only touch my wife like that. Those parts of my body are reserved for my wife. There is no casual exchange. If you begin to touch that place, you will unlock something towards you. Come on now. Are you here? So I have to be careful. So I know those parts. I should know my, all those parts. Some of you have not, you were not just born a, a man of God. You were a sinner for a while and you know what happens in your body. So you know your chemistry. You should be able to know that. I, 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 no. I was talking to a girl one day in church. Man of God, pastor. The girl was touching me. Sorry. The girl was talking to me. <laughs> I nearly made a mistake. He was talking to me, hi. The first time I felt something. He was talking. By this, I said, um, you need to stop that. I said, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. It's me. There's nothing wrong with you. It's me. I'm weak. They don't talk to me like that. Let's talk later. I just stood up. Because if I stay there, that's the beginning. The girl may not even mean any harm. And he's just touching you, and the thing is unlocking something. By the fifth one, you just say, um, Are you? We should see. I think we need to discuss something. You get what I'm trying to say? All right, amen. The last one is questionable talks. Questionable talk. Right? There are words you use that dislodge the mind, that unlock chemistry. Like somebody was sharing with me, if somebody is in, is somebody just send a picture and say, um, I'm tired on Instagram. Or, um, um, keep fit, keeping fit. Keeping fit all night long. And you saw that. 
And what did you do? What a position. Maybe you meant well. Maybe what you meant is, wow, she's so strong to put her legs at 90 degrees. Maybe that's what you meant. But then again, the other side is not seeing, he's saying, what a position. You just start, um, naughty you. You will say, naughty who? It has started. You are going like that. You are going like that. You are going like that. Now, trust me, because of time, I need to close it. Without questionable talks, without questionable touches, without questionable privacy, you can never commit sexual sin. Period. Have I helped you? Please, don't fool yourself again. The next time your body is turning, just remind yourself, it's only three things. Questionable talks, questionable privacy, questionable touches. And if for whatever reason you miss the talk, bad enough. If for whatever reason you miss the touch, terrible, please don't miss the privacy. But that's your last letter of defense. You get what I'm trying to say? That is what it means, that is what it means to flee every appearance of evil. Rise to your faith. Rise to your faith. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you for wisdom. There's something called the law of recognition. You need to recognize, thank you, sir. You need to recognize moments when John the Baptist was going to be beheaded. The beginning of Luke chapter 4 read like, and a strategic day came. In one translation, King James, he said, an opportune day came. That day was a strategic day by Luke chapter 4, the very first statement. And a strategic day came. But that day did not begin with arrows and swords. The strategic day began with a party, with a day of celebration. It ended with the head of John the Baptist. And a lot of times, the wisdom to know the difference in moments, even though it's been celebrated as something else, you can see. But there's a narrative here. There's a script going on here. And this thing is going here. The, pay, the, the, the discernment, the strength of character inside to be able to resist is what we need to trust God for. But these things are not things you just trust God for in hope alone. There are things you act on. And there are some basic things you have to do. I don't have time. But there are some basic things you do. One of them is to spend time in God's presence. That's how you generate force in our kingdom. In prayer, but most importantly, in God's word. Because the word of God is spirit and is life. The second place you need to put yourself together is in what you speak to your body. You need to confess to your body and auto-suggest value to your body. Through positive confessions. In the confession of the word. I am head, I am not tail. My body is the temple of the living God. I will not join into a harlot. I am filled with all the fruit of righteousness. You got to speak to your body consistently. In the 21st century, you'll be busy. You will not always have time to do that confession. So I advise my clients and recipients, do this. Go into your phone one day, bring your phone out, write a confession out, and confess it into your phone. I am this. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am on top, I'm not believing. I am strong everywhere. I know all things. I understand all things. I see all things. I create all things. I'm above only. Whatever it is, I'm healed. Put it down in the confession. Put it in your phone. Every morning, put it in your ears. It's the confession. 
your body is still hearing the same thing. We are now in the realm of technology. You don't need to use your mouth every time. If you use your mouth, you want your body to hear. Yeah, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation, but it's so that your, your body and your system on the ends of the earth can hear. So you can do that as a therapy. You can play that in the morning, in the toilet, in the night when you are going to bed. Put that confession inside of you. Then select your friends carefully. I don't know a man that will be stronger than the quality of his relationships. And I don't know a human being that will be weaker than the quality of his relationships. Let people qualify for the investment of your time and your energy. The devil will not destroy you until he sends you a human being. God will not lift you until he sends you a human being. All the pain in your life will not happen except for the cooperation of human beings. When they say there's stress anywhere, in the, in, in the West where I come from, we say, in Yolunjebe, there's a human being there that is orchestrating that pain and brewing that stress. So let people qualify for becoming your lieutenants and for having that level of access to you. Select your friends, right? And then give yourself to be careful the environment you find yourself in as well. Even the church you go to, thank God for this church. Don't just company anywhere. Don't just go to places because they are inviting people there. And most likely pay attention to the music you hear. I'm not going to sit down here to talk to you about gospel music or secular music. I'm not going to talk about all of that. But whatever music you put yourself through and put your spirit through, let it be the one that can edify your spirit and glorify God. You decide, do determine what they are. Right? Are we on the same page? Those things are the things you do in the spirit to help you to feel your faith and to help you to feel God. So that in that moment of contradiction, you can release your spiritual self and your strongest self to respond to that circumstance. Right? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. We worship and we adore you. And we commit everybody here into your hands that you guide them with your wisdom. We put a demand on the grace of God upon this church life point, on the pastor, Pastor Idris, and all the leaders. We put a, a, a demand on the grace of God upon God's servant, Pastor Godman, and Pastor Bola. We, we draw from that grace and I release the strength of faith in my life and the strength of clarity and wisdom that you so graciously bless me with and we release it unto everybody here today that from today in, the, in your sleep wisdom is being downloaded to you clarity more than ever before in your meeting with people everywhere you turn you are receiving weights and bouts of wisdom in the name of Jesus the Bible says your ears are blessed because they hear your eyes are blessed because they see to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God from today, you will never be clueless. Even for one minute, you see what will occur. You understand what you see. You interpret what you see. You take decisions on what you see. And you act on what you see. In the name of Jesus. Casual experiences are dead in your life. At every point in time, you see beyond the mundane. You are interpreting, you are judging, deciding and acting. At every point in time. Now receive such grace in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for intervention. We have new realms of spiritual strength and maturity. We give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.